0: This is Healing Through Consciousness.
1: To make sure that everything happens, the caring for the dog, being a good steward of my money, a good steward of my time, that's all part of the will. And yet, I don't use my will in a positive
2: manner. Um, So you use your will against you?
0: Yes. Welcome to another Therapy Session Online. I'm Richard Lloyd-Jones. A couple of weeks ago, Dr. Claudia Bernhard-Pasheka was helping a U.S. military vet understand more about his post-traumatic stress disorder. It was tough but beautiful listening, and I think could help many military vets, no matter where in the world they were or are stationed. The big question, then, is how are they going to receive the benefits of this very healing online therapy? Well, I think that's your cue, isn't it? We grow through you. You can help viralize what we do, spread our programs into your networks. Healing Through Consciousness It's available through all the major podcast networks. And do write me if you have any questions or issues you'd like us to treat, or if you'd like to book a therapy online session with Dr. Pacheco, joneshealing at gmail.com. At the end of our last session, Dr. Pacheco asked our guest to come back for a second follow-up session. Let's listen in.
2: So, do you remember our last conversation? I do. Okay, so what do you think, what did you feel, or... Uh since that last time about what we spoke about,
1: yeah, I've been mulling over the the term that I used of negligence uh and how that affects me day to day uh and becoming more sensitive to to the times when I am negligent, uh trying to overcome that issue um, and and it's been—I won't say it's been in the absolute forefront, but it's been on a front burner of my mind uh, from day to day. So there's you know, this idea that uh, I'm needing to take more positive steps day by day, uh, not neglecting those things that I should be doing, uh, rather than rather than procrastinating and putting them off or just just barring the term, neglecting them from day to day. <laughs> um,
2: Could you please give practical examples in your day-to-day basis? What kind of negligences did you find out and how did you deal with them? Or Give examples of your practical negligence.
1: There are a lot of times I, I just take for granted people that are in my life. And that's that's a form of negligence in the fact that if you're not recognizing them uh, for just being there sometimes, then that's that's very hurtful for them and it's a, it's a negative uh, response on your part to their to their participation in your life. Another thing would be uh, reading scripture for that matter, being negligent, you know not making sure that you're doing it every day even even in prayer life being negligent not praying every day not seeking out uh the lord to guide you day by day uh, other things of negligence is being conservative in how i spend money you know a lot of times i'll be online and i'll see something ooh i've got to have that and then i'll you know make an arrangement to pay over time or something uh and and that just simply binds up money of mine in the future so there's a negligence there being mindful of what i've got and what i need to be doing with it
2: what about your career in music
1: yes um there i've been neglectful in practicing and in being trained continually being trained and how to improve what I do vocally. There's um, a a gentleman that offers courses and videos and such that, um, you know, obviously you pay for it, but occasionally he'll offer a free thing, which I try to take uh, advantage of uh, every day. And so uh, I have been negligent for some time. You know, I keep thinking, okay, I can train people to do this, that, and the other, but if I'm not doing it myself, then how can you how can you train them if you're not doing it yourself? So there's that element of negligence there. That's really kind of the core of that area.
2: So just speak spontaneously, please. Maybe you have another subject that you would like to approach.
1: Well, in thinking of negligence, um, the idea of doing voiceovers and such. Uh, there's obviously <laughs> the old adage is it takes money to, to make money. Uh, but I can also do certain things by myself before, you know, t- like taking a particular class that would cost X number of dollars. Uh, I can still do other things that might be able to afford me the opportunity to take that class. But... I neglect to take the time to do it, um, and it's not a matter of not having the time, it's a matter of just simply not putting myself in front of the microphone to be able to accomplish it, and and that too is, is in essence a part of negligence, not being a good steward of my time, uh, which is a major issue, I believe
2: go ahead i'm here listening
1: i'm trying to think where else it's really really dramatic in my life um, yeah i don't even take time to work and train with my service dog as much as i should again that's being a good steward of my time being a good steward of of being an owner of a service dog um I don't I don't go out in public as much as I used to, you know, going to the store or things like that, but um, still, he needs to have my time. He needs to have day-to-day activity with me. I neglect to do things like keeping a proper calendar. Case in point, just last week, one of my son-in-laws had a birthday, and I was... I had his birthday on the wrong day in my calendar. And I was like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> how did that happen? And I've still neglected to fix it in my phone calendar as to the correct date. I, I neglect caring for neighbors around me. I don't get involved unless I'm asked to. You know, in other words, I don't make myself present to them and say, hey, you know, if you need something, please let me know if I can help those kind of things that a good neighbor should be. I'm kind of neglecting the things that my dad used to do. Uh, He was very good about being the neighbor that everybody would want to go to uh, for for help or for advice or anything like that. He was well known for that. And yet I don't do it. So there's that negligence there. Because that takes an act of the will That takes determination that you're going to be that person. It takes determination to make sure that everything happens, the calendar, the caring for the dog, the recognition of people around me, being a good steward of my money, a good steward of my time. That's all part of the will. And yet, I don't use my will in a positive manner. So Um, you
2: use your will against you. Yes. Because from what you, you said, all the examples you gave were uh, like when you were negligent with things or beings or people that you love that are important to you.
1: Yes, that's pretty much it. Again, it's... it's.
2: So being negligent with these things, you are being negligent with what you like the most. So your happiness decreases. And with your religious upbringing, you must even inflict a lot of pain in, in accusation and feelings of guilt of not having taken care of what you would like to. So uh, I see in this attitude, I don't know if you perceive, this is mostly unconscious, a big sabotage. And... Uh, As if deep, deep down, you give up everything you enjoy the most and everybody you enjoy the most. Things that are very dear to you and people.
1: And I seem to find myself, you know, taking a look at things like you've just suggested, the things that I enjoy the most, that I love the most. It seems like if there's something that I really enjoy doing, I'll get into it and I'll get deeper into it and the deeper I get there's this sense of the less that I want to do it even though I know that hey this is good stuff, I enjoy it, it's productive, it's, it's entertaining at the same time and yet the deeper I get into it the less I complete it so there's that element there also negligence of the will uh, the self-destruction that you were referring to. Um,
2: and, and, so. and you just gave a perfect example of what is inversion, psychological inversion, mm-hmm. what we mean about having this inversion, like is it the original sin? Right. What we like the most, we reject the most, and we don't perceive it. It's, it seems as if we would need to put a lot of effort in order to accept what we love the most and it's almost though it as
1: there's almost a fear of of doing the things that are correct, and again, that's an inversion like you 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 talk about uh you know it's 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 almost like when Paul in is writing, he said that which I would not that do I do, and that which I would not do, that do I do. Uh, in other words, he, he was writing about everything that was great for him to be able to accomplish. He wasn't doing it. And those things that were destructive, whatever, those were the things that he would do. So he was identifying that even in himself. Uh, and I can identify with Paul in that capacity as well. So
2: At least you have this virtue to accept the consciousness of your inversion. This is an enormous virtue. Very few people even imagine they have such a thing. And even Mm. even when they realize they have it, they don't care. They stick to destruction. This is the choices mankind must do when we are here through this short time, short time and space that we, we live, this experience of choosing what we want for the future. When I say the future, I mean eternity. Our eternal being, our eternal life. So that's why it's so important to acknowledge this, because this is like a burden we have to carry still. Like the original sin, we have to carry this within us. We cannot get rid of it, but we can achieve and get an enormous help from God Every time we perceive it. Mm-hmm. The grace, the strength, the force, the energy, to the power to to cope with this inversion.
1: Yeah, I find myself of late, you know, especially since our conversation last, that when I run into or when I recognize something that is negligent or harmful uh first off I, I do I stop real quick and I go, Lord, forgive me for not being a good steward, but also help me to get beyond this and, and take care of this issue. And so it's it's not a mass boom, everything's all done at once. No, it's it's incremental. Uh you know, okay, I you know, taking my wife for granted. Okay, no, that's negligence instead of stepping up and saying, okay, you know, I love you. How can I help you? What can we work on together? Do you need help? Do you want help? Uh, those kind of things. And hopefully not being too much of a pain for her. But in any case, uh, recognizing that it's it's a case of step by step. And then continuing to do it. There's, there's part of my problem as well. Uh, continuing to... Make those choices day by day. That that will counter the inversion or disinvert, uh, if you will, activities that go on, uh, or that I do.
2: If you allow me something to to tell you, some perception that I got from what you said when you said when I asked you how are you and and then you said better than I deserve. So I would like to bring to your attention something very subtle. Who do you think would have this idea that you don't deserve to be good and, and be well? Who, besides you, <laughs> besides your inverted being, who would tell you that you do not deserve?
1: Well, I know that like when I was laying on the tarmac and... Trying to wait for an ambulance and a helicopter, you know. I heard Satan's rational thought in my head. Okay, in other words, I know that he placed it there, um, and it's that Lucifer is the one who would prefer me not to acknowledge uh, what Christ is doing in my life, what God is accomplishing. Uh, he'd much rather that I uh, continue to wallow in my in my. Inversion uh, in my um, pathology.
2: So he doesn't want you to think you deserve things. He doesn't think you deserve anything because he doesn't. And he's very angry that you deserve, Mm -hmm. even though he doesn't. And he doesn't want to. But you do want to deserve. From what you told me, I see that you would like to be in heaven one day.
1: Well, I'm pretty sure I've got it that not I've got it wrapped up, is that Christ has got it wrapped up for me.
2: But you, know you, I mean? you need to accept, and I, from what I see, you do accept, even though you mm-hmm. have your problems, your weaknesses, your inversions. And so you deserve, because you are basically a good man, even, even if you have your flaws, I'm repeating, you have your pathologies, but every time a person can be humble, as you are being humble, you are being good and you deserve one day to be in heaven if you keep this attitude.
1: Well, I know that... uh,
2: And this is very theological. I'm not praising you.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: uh, You know, this is theology, pure theology. It's science, too. It's energetic science.
1: I'm not depending on my goodness to make it into heaven, thank God. Um, But I am needing to... Develop an awareness of who I am with God and in God. Therefore, uh, because if if he's accepted me as an adopted son, uh, then I need to live as though I'm a member of his family. Not necessarily live as though I'm still trying to earn that placement because I could never earn it. Okay, it, it's it's... A free gift of God, and therefore, if I accept that free gift, then it's mine to have, and that being that being an adopted son of God, uh,
2: don't you love him
1: oh very much so this is what yeah. he expects from you yes <laughs> this is a, the
2: That's, only thing he expects from us to love him
1: yeah, and we we demonstrate that love through being obedient. And that's sometimes in my negligence, I'm not being that obedient.
2: Yes, for sure, for sure. Don't try to forget that. It's good to keep in mind.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, and I know that. I know that. Even though I falter, you know, I'm, I'm flawed and such. My relationship with Him does not change. My fellowship with him might change. Uh, it's kind of like I use the analogy of you know when I was growing up and I would be disobedient to my dad. And we might have arguments about you know he he would say this and I'd argue with him because you know I figured at that time that he didn't know anything. Um, but as I became older and recognized uh, that I was not as sharp as I was thinking I was and that in reality he knew a lot more you know there'd be times we'd have arguments and I'd get done with it and I'd realize look, that you're an idiot and uh, I'd call him up and I said I'd say dad you know I was wrong you know, I'd confess the fact that I was wrong and he said that's okay and I said well dad you know Can you forgive me? He said, I forgave you a long time ago. Oh, okay, well then do you still love me? And he said, You can understand. You have always been my son, you will always be my son. Our fellowship might wear out sometimes, but our relationship will never change. And that meant more to me than anything he'd ever said before because it's it's true and that's the way God is with us if we accept him being our our father and we being his children that that relationship doesn't change the fellowship might change you know if I rebel uh, he's not going to have sin in his presence but if I come and confess that you know hey I've rebelled forgive me well I forgive you a long time ago (laughs) And you've confessed, you know, good, you recognize your your flaw and the fact that I was right, that's okay. And uh, that I still love you, and I will always love you. Uh, And when God does that, that's an amazing thing. Uh, You know, I've had some very back-and-forth conversations with God, uh, and I mean that quite literally, you know, just like I said that Satan put his thoughts in my head when I was laying on the tarmac. There have been times that God has spoken to me specifically about certain issues, and we would have a back-and-forth conversation. I remember one guy that I was a business partner with that ran off with all of our assets, and I literally hated the guy. And God and I had a conversation about that. And I said, Lord, you got to help me. I hate this guy. And he goes, okay. Um, Do I love him? Yes, Lord, you love him. Well, then you, you have to love him. I can't. I hate this guy. Do I love him? Yes, you love him. Well, then you love him. I can't. For two hours, I had that conversation back and forth until finally God said, do I love him? Yes, Lord, you love him. Well, then, you love him. I said, Lord, I can't. But you love him through me. And that broke a big wall in, in how I viewed things, how I was dealing with him. Uh, my wife told me later, she said, that before that point, she was very frightened because it was almost as, I was, almost as though I was suicidal. Because I had trusted that guy more than I trusted my own brother and when he did what he did that was devastating to me like i said it made a big difference in recognizing that i can't do this by myself
2: and there is also another perspective to be considered in this situation this guy that was so loved by you and so that you were so loyal to him betrayed you and stole you um one must see from his perspective, too, because by doing so, he destroyed his being. He destroyed the best, the divine part in himself. So, imagine Mm -hmm. the degree of suffering this guy will have if he doesn't repent, if he doesn't regret what he did. He destroyed his eternity by doing something like this. So, Mm -hmm. he destroyed his essence. It's very serious, he, he didn't get any advantage from what he did. Right. One must consider also this aspect. So you got the best part <laughs> of it.
0: Well,
1: I do know that God can restore when we recognize in ourselves that we have uh, rebelled against him. He restores us, he puts us back into place. As part of his his covenant grace, uh, in that uh, he 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 has established a covenant with us. In that it's it's I'm trying to remember the the name of it, but it's a particular type of covenant where one party can restore the other rather than destroy the other, um, and so. There's that element. And so whenever we break the covenant that God has established with us and we recognize it and we confess it, then he can restore us in that covenant, in that relationship, um, so that we're back where we were. We're kind of back to God's normal again. Um, I do like our discourse about what is normal because I know that in this world, in this realm, uh, things are not normal. They are, as you pointed out, is the inversion. And I love that part of the conversation because I use that every Sunday I'm in church. I'm talking about you know, the inversion. I'm talking about how we are so self-destructive, uh, the things that we do, and recognizing that uh, it, God can restore us and put us back to the normal, to disinvert uh, but like I said, it's something that I can't do myself, by myself. Uh, I have to recognize it and then ask for God's assistance to continue on. But doing the did, you, yeah. did
2: you perceive that you had an idea when you hated him that he got some advantage from you and you, you, you were like in a disadvantageous situation? But if you focus the true reality, you see that he got the worst part, and he did, he did he destroy himself with what he did, a big part right. at least. So, probably, if we realize when we are attacked, how much people that are attacking us, they are destroying themselves and their being and the divine aspect in their beings. If we realize this, we would more likely to think as god said lord forgive them they don't know what they are doing Mm
0: -hmm. so much wisdom in this half hour session isn't there except that half hour is the part you see (laughs) the years of study and practical application of the principles of integral psychoanalysis aren't visible except in the final result which is always therapeutic Join us next time on Healing Through Consciousness, the Therapy Online Podcast. I'm Richard Lloyd Jones.